Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Scale a Business podcast. My name is Hector Santhia Esteban, and I am one of your hosts. And today we are here with a special guest, Eric Kutagawa, and we're going to talk about breaking into an industry. And we're also going to talk about how that might parallel and speak to entrepreneurship as a whole. So Eric, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. So catch us up. I was doing some research on LinkedIn and we were chatting before we hit the record button about your extensive career in the media industry. And I was, I don't know, fortunate enough is the right word to grow up right alongside, you know, where all of that was happening and the studios and seeing that area flourish, if I'm being frank. A lot of LA has kind of been challenged, but that area with Culver City and where that media area developed has really boomed. All that to say, catch us up on what you've been doing and a little bit about how you help people break into the industry now? Sure. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's two sides to every coin. And as great as it has been in the industry, right, leading multiple Academy Award winning teams, technical Academy Award winning teams, working at an NFL, Fox, Ticketmaster, Sony, I've been unemployed six times in seven years. And that's the other side of it. I've gone through company bankruptcy, several reorgs. I was at Fox when Disney and acquired it was at Ticketmaster when COVID hit. So all these times were, were, they were great. I loved working at them, met great people, worked on wonderful products, projects, what have you. But yeah, the flip side of the coin is it's not very stable. And we're seeing that right now in tech, right? How, what, 200,000 people let go in the past two years, less than two years. It can be a challenge because it moves fast, it moves quickly, and sometimes there's not a whole lot of stability. So that's the other side of it. Perhaps that speaks to maybe a little bit about why your coaching is so important or why you branched out. But did that play a part in you starting to create your own practice and start to help other people take control of their career? Absolutely. So in school, we are taught that if you do the work that is given to you and you do it well, you will get a promotion. And the real world is not like that at all. You could do a killer job, knock things out of the park, and next day you'll be out of a job because somebody thought that your number was up. And that's the real world. Now, in terms of finding a new job and maybe breaking into media and tech, you could be great at what you do. Be a wonderful engineer, designer, artist, creative, technical person, whatever. But if you're not a good applicant and you're not a good candidate, you are not going to get the job. That is really the challenge of understanding that it is a different skill set to apply for a job, interview for it how to negotiate your offer. And these are all things, if you don't figure them out sooner, listen, if I'm able to start here, here's my trajectory. But if I start here, notice as I go up, I never hit the same spot. It is really hard to make up this gap. So where you start is super important. And each step of the way, if you're able to close that gap even more, your earning potential over the course of your career is drastically different. I would imagine that growing up in LA, you hear a lot of people that come to LA for the fame, the stardom. What's interesting is you're kind of working, obviously, in the media industry. It's a little bit different, but I'm curious how it was different or what were some things that you think someone from the outside might not totally understand. When you talk about getting a job, it's a skill. I think that you guys were probably, and I say you guys, I mean, that industry as a whole was probably under a big microscope, right? There was very big big decisions about who was being brought on. And so it was a higher leverage possibility. So how do you guys treat that? Or how do you elevate yourself next to the other candidates to make sure that you really stand out in such a competitive environment? Yeah. And a lot of it, again, is that skill set that you bring. How do you write your resume? It starts really right there. Or even before that, how do you network? 
Most people think if I just go on a LinkedIn or an Indeed and I just apply through that, that's adequate. It is not. You have to come with a networking strategy and execute it regularly. You have to be able to write your resume that it speaks to not just what you've done, but what are some of your results, right? In terms of data, like if I say I am excellent at problem solving, what does that really mean? If I am great at managing multiple projects, what does that really mean? As opposed to if I say I've been able to juggle seven projects over the course of three quarters at a value of $2 million, that speaks to people. So you have to be able to quantify what you've been able to do on paper, on a resume. So my clients, we go through this exercise of what is it that you bring that is unique? If I have two resumes and I compare them side by side, why does somebody want to hire you? And what's the proof behind it? How do you back that up? Again, it goes towards the data that you can put on the resume. If you're able to get an interview, how do you interview? Do you just tell stories? Do you bring up data during an interview? How do you show and convey that you are not just qualified, but you bring excellence? You would be a good teammate. You'd be somebody people want to work with. Again, all skill sets that you have to have to be a great applicant and candidate. Yeah, what's interesting is when you talk about this, for the business owners and entrepreneurs listening, I think that it's really the same thing when you are vying for a client, right? Your resume is maybe it's a a proposal or your website or whatever, your portfolio, whatever it is. And your interview is that sales process. You are essentially vying for their job. And I think that there's parallels in this Is there anything else, you know, when you think about resume, interviews, is there anything else outside of those things that someone can do to elevate their chances? Maybe it's mindset, or maybe it's go do this, or join this, or buy this. What else might someone be able to do to elevate their positioning next to some of these other candidates? Well, networking strategy is huge, right? And trying to coach my clients in terms of social media, this is a way to be on the offensive. And most people aren't comfortable necessarily with posting on social media constantly. And I tell them, this is your way to communicate your brand. And the power of this is when I have interviews, so I, what I did, this is, so back up a little bit, I took the principles that I coach my clients with and I put them together and I said, okay, let's test this with using myself as the guinea pig. Let's see how this works. At the time, I was a senior manager at Sony, Crunchyroll to be specific. And so I did this and it turned out I got multiple offers. I was able to negotiate my offers and I got one that went, I was a senior manager at Sony, as I mentioned. This was a senior director opportunity at where I am now, Consortium 9. So to be able to not just jump from a senior manager to a director, I went to a senior director and I got the compensation that came along with it. How does that happen? Well, I've been posting a lot about obviously my coaching practice and how I can help people break into media and tech. And by using that, I told stories of really transparency. Some of it is is heartbreaking, right? Unemployed six times in seven years. This is where I struggled. And these are some of the things I did to overcome them. So when I was walking into my interviews, people knew who I was. So we started the conversation at a much deeper level. Didn't have to start at surface. We were able to start much deeper and really get into the weeds of what we wanted to talk about. And that's just an example of how with a networking strategy, you can get yourself ahead compared to the other candidates who, again, are probably just applying on LinkedIn or Indeed or through the jobs page, and that's it. And they're just leaving it to luck from there on out. Well, it also seems like you are being proactive and challenges that a lot of times people think about preparing for that next position far too late. And it seems perhaps the best time is just to do it now. Or is there a time? What are your thoughts on when someone is trying to make a move like that? 
Yeah, the best time to network is when you don't need to do it. And the problem we're seeing right now is as people are getting laid off, now they're having to start the engine. I tell everybody, you should be networking all the time. You should be having conversations all the time. Even if you love your job, A, you never know when it's going to end. We found that out. B, you never know when a better opportunity is out there, which is what I found. I was pretty comfortable at Sony. Things were going well on my side. And then I had this opportunity to jump, you know, get promoted two levels. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And especially as a person of color, there aren't many people of color in the executive suites at that leadership level. So what a great opportunity it was for me to be a part of that conversation, to have a seat at the table. Yeah. This is great. I want to get into a little bit more about this branding side of it, because I think a lot of people get it wrong, but I think you've got a good beat on it. And so, Eric, we're going to get into that right after we get back from this quick break. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Today's episode is brought to you by Amplify Media, and we are a small podcast production company, but we like to think of ourselves as a small group of genius makers. And so if you have a mission, a message, a passion, a purpose that you want to get out to the world, but you don't have the time or the tech skills to necessarily make that happen, we can help. Go to amplifymedia.com. That's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y media.com. You can also check the show notes for info and we'll see if we can change the world together. All right, let's get back to today's show. Eric, before the break, you had just kind of glanced over this you know, just post on social media. And and I think that it's the brass tactic. It's like, just do this. And I think if people just did that, they'd be successful. We could start there. But I think also it's part of a bigger strategy or there's some bigger reasonings why. When it comes to, and I think that obviously this is for job seekers, but I think any entrepreneur, right, their personal brand can really, I don't want to say carry them, but it can definitely lift them off the ground and get them started and be something that drives them. Why was the personal brand side of it such a big part of your strategy? As I mentioned, to be able to walk into interviews and for people to already know my story was huge. To be able to start a conversation, not at this very superficial level, but to be able to come in and say, oh, I saw you post this the other day, I'd really like to hear more about it and to be able to get into more of identity. And it's a different feel. I've interviewed so many times, again, being unemployed six times in seven years, I've had that opportunity to be on both sides of the table. I've been the interviewer. I've been the hiring manager. I've been part of interview teams. And you have to start at that superficial level, which is really hard. Like you've got maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes to understand who this person is and make a judgment call. Do you want to hire them? Super, super difficult. But as far as your personal branding is concerned, you can get into, hey, what is the person's character? What is their personality like? So when I was interviewing for these director roles, interviewing with senior leaders where, again, we're not talking about, you know, tell me about a time when you failed. It was none of these very surfacey questions. It was more along the lines of philosophy. And I love that. I love the fact that we can just talk about who we are from a philosophical perspective and get alignment on that because everything else falls in line after that point. And if you're not aligned at a philosophical level, man, the challenges are huge. Yeah. I think what you're speaking to is that it allows you to start that relationship building earlier in the process, right? Instead of having to build it in that 30 to 45 minutes, that relationship is already built and you have to go through those that process, but you're able to expedite it, if you will, if you have that branding and if those messages is already out there. Are there any things that you're glad you did along that journey? Like when you look back on it, you're like, dang, I'm, I'm glad I posted about that. Or I'm glad I 
met that person? Or can you look back on some of the, the things that happened leading up to some of these changes that may not have been obvious in the moment, but ended up making a big impact? Oh, wow. There's so many steps along the journey to call out. So at Rhythm and Hue Studios, when we were doing visual effects, we had groups of people who would get together during the lunch hour and go play sports. So I would go play football, soccer, and basketball during the lunch hour. And what I found out is, you know, as much as we love playing together, and obviously I got to meet people around the company I never would have otherwise. But in the mornings, I knew I had to get to a certain place work-wise. So I was super efficient in the mornings, get stuff out. Now I can go play. And then after playing, sweaty, hot, have to recover from that. But now just mind is completely refreshed. I'm ready to take on whatever's going on in the afternoon. So that's something I've carried on since. Like to be able to take, especially as those of us who are working remotely or during COVID, we had to work from home. To be able to take a moment, take a walk. Once a week, I have some guys who come over my house and we do kickboxing stuff. It's just great to take that break. So that's number one, right? Take that time to be able to get away, get refreshed, do something for me, do something physical. That's a really big thing for me. When I step over to working at NFL, met some great friends that I still keep in contact with. So something about NFL, everybody brought excellence to the table. Obviously, they're a name brand. They can hire whoever they want. But to be able to work with people who are just amazing at what they did, so much fun. And to be able to work on projects that I just loved, right? So that's number two, work with great, great people. If I'm going to put a number three out there, I guess it has to do with my coaching. Getting to a place where you just realize, I need help with this. I need to figure this out because what I'm doing before isn't working very well, right? I was unemployed for anywhere from five months to 11 months. And that's a lot of time to be off in terms of lost income, lost experience. We, you know, we talked about getting in at a certain point and be able to ride that wave up. If you have nothing, you have no place to go up from. So to be able to take care of those things. So to find other coaches, find mentors. I have both. I have coaches and mentors now. I have an executive mentor that has helped open my eyes in terms of things that I just didn't know. And that's one of the huge challenges. It's not what you know you know. It's not what you know you don't know. It's what you don't know you don't know. That is the game changer. And once somebody shows you and reveals that to you, it's like opening up a whole new world, right? It's when you play video games and you're like, oh, there's a door and you find out there's a whole new level behind that door that you can just explore and thrive at. That is a huge game changer. So those are my three right there. Yeah. You have a mentor to see around the corners because you don't know what you don't know. And that is blind spots. I used to take pride in how much I knew, right? Because I was so smart and I've read so many books and I've watched so many, you know, done all the things. And as I continued to do that, I realized that there was just more that I didn't know. And I had to run into the fact that I can't know everything. As business owners, we have limited time. And so we could spend the time learning all of the things that aren't important, or we could go get the answer that really matters. And that's kind of- Time is huge. Yeah, that's a big one. Because all the information is out there. I could go onto YouTube, find tutorials, learn all this stuff. But how long is that going to take me? As opposed to if I have somebody show me in a week versus having to do it for three months. That's a huge difference. So 100%. What are you looking forward to when it comes to the industry, your industry, maybe even, you know, your coaching? Like what things do you look forward to or get excited about? Well, my coaching, that one's easy. I love when my clients find that job where they 
one of my clients doubled their compensation. And she had an interview on day one with the recruiter, met with the hiring manager on day five. And by day 10, she had an offer that was twice her previous compensation. I mean, that's huge. That is, again, game-changing in terms of someone's life, career arc. So that's obviously fantastic. That's what I want for all of my clients that I work with. I want that for everybody. Right now, we have 200,000 people who are let go. I would love to help them all find a new place that not only has better compensation, but I'll say this on record for myself, being at Consortium 9 is a job that I absolutely love. Not to say it's not without challenges. And those people who are there know what I'm talking about. We got our difficulties. But I love working with the people I'm working with. I love being able to have an influence, an impact at a cultural, philosophical level. And I am 100% aligned really with the majority of the founders and the executives. And it's great. So I would want that for everybody. And that's why I'm in this coaching situation, right? I could be spending this free time watching Netflix or playing video games or doing anything else. But I take that time because I want to invest it in people. I think I came to this realization. I'm at this point in my career where if I don't give it to other people, if I don't share it and have other people take off with it, then my life is kind of lost. I kind of did something and I just disappeared. I want my life to have meaning and impact, meaning I need to take this experience, this skill set, and share it with others. So at Consortium 9, I might be sharing it with my project management team. Great, doing that. But on the flip side, I can share what I've learned through the job search and the job hunt as a hiring manager, as part of an interview team. All this, package it up together and help other people find their job that they're dreaming about. And then it impacts their families. Now their families are able to have more income maybe generations. Who knows? So yeah, that's huge. I also have a nonprofit I can speak to, right? I have something called Baja Missions. We have a connection with a community down in this place, Mania de Oro, Mexico. It's about two and a half hours south of the border. And we provide homes and education scholarships to this community. And instead of seeing the cycle of poverty continue on, we've been able to graduate, what, a doctor, a lawyer, teachers, nurses. There's a fender office down there, and a number of these people are musicians, so they work in the office down there. So completely changing the course of generations. And again, trying to have impact. Well, I want to honor and recognize you for taking that onus on and not, I don't know if letting that experience go in vain is the right way to say it, but to take that and turn that experience into others is a valiant and a honorable purpose. So I appreciate that. My last question for you, Eric, is in your opinion, and maybe we can take this to a brand or career, but in your opinion, what's the key to growing or scaling a business? I'm a big process person. So it really fits being in project and program management. I focus on the process. So if we back up even further, right? I used to compete in martial arts internationally, two world titles, four other top four finishes. I focused on how do I lay this plan out? So I know I'm going to be in the karate studio four or five days a week. I'm going to be lifting weights two, three days a week. I'm going to go swimming. I'm going to watch my diet. I'm going to eat clean, drink lots of water. So I focus on all these things of the process and the results play out however they do. So the same thing here, like everything I'm trying to put together, I'm trying to think process-wise, like how is this going to work with three clients? How is this going to work with 30 clients, 300 clients, or even 
working with Consortium 9, we're a startup right now. Yes, we have many people are wearing many hats, but I keep asking the question, how are we going to do this if we bring 10 more people on? Or even if you have a church. Okay, great. You're a small little family church. Everybody loves one another. Great community. Okay, what if 100 people walk in the door? How are you going to meet all of them? So really with this thought in mind of, again, how do we focus on the process so that we can scale? So if we bring huge numbers in, we don't miss a beat. Maybe a little bit. Maybe we have to alter some things here and there. But for the most part, things are in place. And I'm not answering all the texts and the emails directly. I, I have Maybe I have a team who does that. That's a simple process where I can scale. Obviously using tools to help me long-term with processes like that. So that is me right there in a nutshell. Focus on the process and think the long-term. Yeah, great stuff. Eric, I want to thank you for coming in and dropping some knowledge. For everybody who stuck with us, I appreciate you being here. If you guys gained some value from today, we would love and appreciate a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who is in the midst of scaling their business or they're thinking about starting one, please send them this episode. And then I'd encourage you to take at least one thing that Eric said, at least one, go out, implement it. Let us know how it goes. We want to hear about your success. And thanks as always for being a part of the How to Scale Business Tribe. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.